1: The One Tough Mother podcast. The One Tough Mother show is real talk with special guests, including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be one tough mother. It's all about you. Hi, we're back and welcome to the One Tough Mother show. We're back this week with another amazing guest, and I know I say that every week, but they're all amazing. So that's what I have to say. But guess what, Seth?
0: What? Ma has a new knee. That's so cool. She's like bionic.
1: She is, Ma is bionic, which is scary as hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, she has a new knee and uh, it was amazing. I mean, he went in, he cut it so he doesn't cut through muscle, lifted the muscle, put the new knee in, put, she got out of the surgery at three. At 420, she's walking around. She's yep. 81.
0: She's one tough mother. She is one tough mother. I'm telling
1: you what. One tough would, male manager mother. Yeah. And she's like, from what I understood from the doctor when they had her in the operating room where they're hooking her all up, she was asking him to uh do some tummy tucks and this and that. And he's like, <laughs> you know, she's going to be really mad if she's got a new knee. He goes, just tell her it costs more money that way. So, yeah, she's, she's wild. She's amazing though. I couldn't believe it. She's up, she's walking around and, of course she's tooling around talking to every nurse every doctor like you name it she's doing it so i have to pick her today up today at four she's out of the hospital already and then um i'm gonna be gone six months until she feels
0: nice yeah, i know Go to your, uh,
1: what's going on in your world
0: uh what's going on in my world that's a good question uh i've been home a lot more recently and you know, i realized that Being home is harder than being at work. Oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm scrambling around, running around, picking up the kids. Uh, I'm still running around to the city. I was really annoyed uh, the other day. I went to the city for two meetings and both meetings were canceled and nobody let me know. I hate that. That's rude, isn't it? It's so
1: bad. I hate when you go in because it, you go in. It's, it's a hassle. To, you know, yep. it's, it's, a, it's a trip. Yeah, it's a trip. You pay to you pay to get across the bridge or the tunnel. You pay to park. You have to walk to where you're going. The weather could really suck and it's cold and it windy or whatever. And you get there and they're like, oh, sorry. Bob's not in today. I'm sitting
0: in the guy's office. Oh, he's my not there. God.
1: I hate that. He's got a
0: migraine. Oh. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna give him another one when I see him. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, give him a couple of migraines. That sucks. I'm sorry that happened. But, but uh, no, it's
0: all good. I feel good.
1: Well, we've got this unbelievable young woman. Um, she, her name is Haley Grip, and she's amazing. And she's going to be next. But before we do, I have to Zeus I have to say this. I have to talk about the website because everybody keeps saying to me, "Oh my gosh, your website's so cool! It's so great." We have back in our um, back in the dark tunnel somewhere our invisible dear partner which is Christine and Christine's always back there doing stuff and putting our pictures up and
0: not the dark web
1: not the dark web dark Not tunnel. The dark, dark tunnel yeah, okay. and so we, we went and went to say Christine is from clever crow and she's amazing she's an amazing website designer she's an amazing designer I mean she does all my ads she does everything and she does a lot of other people's stuff but um I wanted to thank Christine because I, I call her on the fly all the time I'm like Hey, put this picture of us up. And she's like, oh, all right. So thank you, Christine. So when we get back, we have our guest coming up, and you're going to love her. She's amazing, and we will talk to you soon. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. Today we have a young woman who has to be one of the bravest women I've ever met. Haley Grip is an actress, model, chef, and speaker, as well as a philanthropist. Born with Tourette's syndrome and severe ADHD, she has spoken to over 200,000 people across the United States on bullying. Haley was instrumental in helping to change the anti-bullying law, the IDEA Act, in Washington. It's our honor on the One Tough Mother Show to have this amazing, amazing young woman. And we welcome Tough Mother Haley Grip. Yay. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, thank you. And I'm sorry I tripped a little bit in your intro. I was just like rushing to get this up because we had a little issue earlier. So thank you so much for being patient and waiting for us.
2: Yeah, of course, and and no worries on the the whole tripping thing. I pretty much do it every day.
1: Oh. <laughs> it's a normal thing. No Thank worries you. At all. So, Haley, an actress. How long have you been acting? Um,
2: I've been acting since uh, just before my twentieth birthday. Okay. Wow.
1: Are you originally from Los Angeles? I am.
2: I'm born and raised and. I'll be 25 years old in
1: August, but I have lived in New York and Minneapolis. Wow. So, Haley, let's go into your background a little bit because it's you have an incredible, incredible story, and I was truly touched that you were willing to speak to us about it because it's just so powerful. Let's start us off with when you were younger and tell us what's going, what went on in your life.
2: Sure, of course. Um, I was the typical
1: child, probably a little
2: hyper and a little snarky. (laughs) 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 Um, At about age eight, my parents noticed changes in my behavior. And the first thing they noticed was obviously the severe ADHD. I was bouncing up the walls. I could not stop. The second thing they noticed was very rapidly Um, Over the course of about a month, I was clinically depressed. And when you think of an eight-year-old clinically depressed, you think, oh, no, like, they're probably just losing interest or don't want to do the sport. Clinically depressed means that you lose interest in just about everything. You're just kind of walking through life. So at this point, I was taken to a top neurologist in Los Angeles, and I was actually told um, and misdiagnosed with bipolar and schizophrenia. And I, um, I was given, I was pretty much drugged for two years, oh. and then um, by the time I was ten, my mom took me into my current doctor, who I've been with for fifteen years, and after uh, ten minutes of observing me, he says to my mom, whose name is, whose, whose name is Pam, um, Pam, your daughter has Tourette syndrome, and then he looks at me and he goes, Haley, you have Tourette syndrome, and you will most likely never have control
1: of your body. But I looked him in the eyes, and I said no. Right, right. And did you even know at eight, like, you have Tourette syndrome. Like, did you even know what that meant?
2: No. I mean, at eight years old, I didn't know why I didn't have controlled my body. And then when I was diagnosed at 10, I, I had never met anybody with Tourette syndrome. I think I had, like, a family friend who had something, but all I knew was to drink a lot of coffee um, which has nothing to do with Tourette syndrome, so it was a it was a big cultural shock. And at that time, this was uh, in two thousand three. There wasn't as many resources as there is today. There wasn't nearly as many. And also, um, the use of internet wasn't as rapid as today. So we did the best research that we could. Right. But I mean, I wasn't formally educated on the statistics and actual facts of Tourette syndrome until later in life.
1: So explain to us exactly what Tourette syndrome manifests as, because everybody has a preconceived notion as to what it is, but you explain to us what it is. Sure, of
2: course. Um, I'm sure the preconceived notion that people have is that it's a cursing disease. Yes. Well, uh, let, me, let me correct two things. Uh, if you're going to say cursing disease, the proper terminology is actually coprolalia, and that is uncontrollable cursing or shouting out of words. Um, and only 10% of people with Tourette's are actually afflicted by coprolalia. Uh, Tourette's syndrome is a bioneurological brain disorder that you're born with, okay. but it doesn't show up until the, between the ages of 5 and 9 years old. So parents could have a perfectly normal child. It's an invisible disability, so it doesn't look like anything's wrong. And then between the ages of five and nine, your child can suddenly start ticking, which means that they have any movement or sound their body makes that it can't control. And every single person with Tourette's, whether they're um, identical twins or whatnot, will have a different tick. So you could have identical twins, both with Tourette's that have different variations of the same tick, but not the same one. Um, Along with Tourette's, uh, people have comorbid disorders, which means that they will have other things besides Tourette's, like ADHD, OCD, anxiety. You can have dysgraphia, dyscalculia. I mean, the list goes on. But you're not just battling not having control of your body, but you're battling the, um, the mental and psychological aspect of it as well.
1: That's incredible. I never, I had no clue of any of that. And it's any, it can be anything. And I know we spoke about this before when I called you. It could be like movement of your arm. Oh, yeah. When I, when
2: I was young, um, I had more motor kicks than they do now. So they call it the movement kicks or motor kicks. And okay. then the 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 voice kicks, um or any sounds are called vocal kicks. Now there's two classifications. So Um, motor tics have and then there are complex motor tics and there are vocal tics and then complex vocal tics so a motor tic that um could just be a regular motor tic is twitching or tapping your foot or something but a complex motor tic can be anything from hopping up and down or jerking your neck and tics can be so bad on certain people that i mean when i mean you can get physically hurt i remember meeting a boy when i was 16 and he was constrained to a wheelchair because his hips were the hips of a 90 year old because he swung them so much and so he was at harvard medical school and uh and they were doing different studies to try to help this kid and he was 9 years old with the hips of a 90 year old um for me um i have i have a a a vocal tick, and it only comes when I'm sick. So this January, I actually had a massive flare-up. And my ticks, when I have them, are usually not that bad. But what you wouldn't realize um, is I I was bedridden for a week. I couldn't eat solid foods for a month because the tick was a horrible, horrible cough where I could not stop unless I was asleep. And I was bedridden for a week because the only time I didn't cough was if I was laying on my side. To even go out to the grocery store or to Target to get cough drops was was it was a huge deal. And I was sucking on about
1: forty cough drops a day. Oh my gosh, your stomach gets to get
2: be yeah, just to get out of the house or to be able to function and talk. I couldn't speak without coughing. Um, and then there were two instances where I stopped breathing. And so people look at Tourette's and, you know, they think of it as a joke. But to those afflicted by it, we know just how bad it can be. Oh, absolutely. There, are, there are three classifications of tics. The first one being the severity, which is absolutely uncontrollable, which would be like my coughing tics. Um, the second one is, are ticks caused by obsessive compulsive disorder thoughts? So anytime I have a thought, whether it could be social anxiety or, you know, somebody didn't respond fast enough via text message, and I think they're mad at me, it could cause a tick. Now the tick that I would say is chimpanzee on a railroad or hippopotamus on a railroad, um, which is kind of silly. We don't know how ticks about. It could be from watching a documentary or something. I frankly never watched anything on chimpanzee or hippopotamus. So it, it gives or takes. Now the third classification of a tick is very similar to the second classification. And the aspect, it's, it is essentially the second classification, but instead of saying your normal typical tick, whatever you're thinking about is what you say. So right while the tick's about to come, a thought intercepts that tick. So instead of saying chimpanzee on a railroad, I could be looking at a yellow sign, and I would say yellow, and it's only that one time.
1: Okay. Wow, that's so complex. I never knew any of this. So chimpanzee on a railroad or hippopotamus on a railroad are nothing that you made up to control it. It's something that just happened to you, and you have no idea where it came from. I have
2: absolutely no idea. And you know what? There are days when I go over my mind and I think so hard and I I mean, I could have just had a dream about it and woken up and it's like that. You never know what you're going to get. And every, any day I could develop a new tick
1: and,
2: and, um, and yeah, so I've, I've kind of learned certain coping mechanisms. Um, I work with a special needs girl and, um, her name is Bennett. And I was I was originally gonna call her B, but yesterday I said, "Hey Bennett, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about you in this interview." And she goes, "Oh really? What are you gonna say?" And I said, "Well, for your privacy, you know I'm just gonna say B." And she goes, "Excuse me," and she's eight years old, and she goes, "You need to say my name. I'd like to be famous too." Aw. <laughs> and it was like the cutest thing. So I said, "Okay, I'll say Bennett," and then. I'll let you listen to it once it's out. So, Bennett um, is a pretty special girl, and just like me, she has ADHD. And she's one of the most compassionate um, little girls I've ever met. And sometimes with my ticks, I will just say hippopotamus or chimpanzee. And she'll finish my tick for me. And, oh my gosh. And she'll say, on a railroad. And I, and I actually asked her one day, and I said, Bennett, um, why why do you finish my ticks? And she said, well, Haley, I know you have Tourette, but I don't want you to have to tick alone.
1: Oh, that is so yep. adorable. And then
2: most people, when they have Tourette's, don't realize when they're ticking unless somebody tells them or they get reacted. Oh, you don't Mother. hear
1: yourself <laughs> saying it? You don't realize you're saying it? Um, I would say about half the time. Well, any time I say it, Bennett
2: will go, You just said chimpanzee on a railroad or when I have a class three where I say something random, she'll be like, Why why did you say stop sign? or something like that Or she'll okay. be like, Is that a tick? And then the funniest thing is is sugar is actually a massive trigger for it. So if I'm even ticking more, even if I've had no sugar, then it will get in the car and she'll say Um, She'll say, "Haley, you're kicking more. Did you have any candy today?" Oh,
1: that's adorable. And I'll go, "No, Bennett." She'll go,
2: "Did you have any sugar today?" She goes, "I know you like
1: root beer, and I know you sneak it sometimes." Oh, that's really sweet. So, Haley, when it's coming on, is there anything that you can do to stop it, or no? And like, there's no. You must. You have tricks because you're you're an actress, and you're you're very. I mean, you've spoken to over two hundred thousand people. So um, is there a trick that you use to kind of control it? Um, something interesting about people with Tourette syndrome is
2: when they're doing what they love, they don't tick. Wow. pretty much like the only time. So if you love to sing or you love to play baseball, when you're doing that, you are in your element and you typically don't tick. And this is common with the majority of people with Tourette syndrome. For me, that was kind of how it was with acting, but also... Since I was 16, I have not had really the only time I'll get a class one, which is absolutely uncontrollable, where there's no holding it in, is is when I get sick. And ticks are triggered by stress, fatigue, illness, excitement, and what happens is I'll get a cold and I'll start coughing, and then psychologically my brain will trick it into thinking it's a coughing tick, and the coughing tick will last two to three weeks and be like, absolutely uncontrollable where I can't stop and I end up bedridden. Oh, my
1: so, gosh.
2: As you can imagine, I'm one of those people who, like, valiantly washes their hands and stays away from sick people, but I got sick in January because I took care of a little boy who was really sick and his mom was desperate and I was like, it's okay, it's okay, and that's probably the worst decision I've made of 2018, oh, no. but, yeah, but I'm I'm better now and
1: and, and that's what matters. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so, Haley, growing up with this, I mean, w- you were diagnosed at 10, but you really, really started around eight. So now you're going into the really like teen years, the really self-conscious years, the years when everybody's like, oh, I hope I look great or I hope I do this right. What was that like for you? Um, well, at age
2: 12, I started at a new school. And unfortunately, I was denied an IEP or I'm sorry, I was given certain things, but not everything that um, I should have been given. An IEP, for those who don't know, is an individualized education plan. So anybody with a type of disability goes through an assessment to figure out, you know, what their needs are, what their strengths and weaknesses are, how to help them be successful. And they come up with a plan with certain accommodations that help them. I wasn't given the accommodations I need. But what was even worse was the teacher I had um, was not accepting of students with differences or disabilities. So on the first day, I was brought up in front of the class, and and, told, and it was class. You need Haley has Tourette syndrome, and you need to be careful being her friend. And Ugh. every day after that. She would call me up in front of the class and say, class, what do you think Haley forgot today? And they'd all raise their hand.
1: Oh, my gosh. And
2: she did this because at the school, they didn't follow the IEP, and I was supposed to not have to use a locker, and they forced me to. And because of the stress of the teacher and whatnot, I would forget things, not every day, but maybe like twice a week. And so I was brought up and humiliated every day for two years. I had her for seventh and eighth grade.
1: I am so sorry. Thank you. And
2: the reason why she was able to do this was because there was no laws to protect me. And the IDEA Act, this is a law that um, it not only protects students with disabilities from teachers, from bullying or, or segregation or discrimination or whatnot, but it also mandates that IEPs must be Followed. Now, the interesting thing was that at this time, and this was let me think of the year. It was like 2005. Um, invisible disabilities were not included, and so it it was difficult to categorize it. So there was like a a hole in it. And so then at at about 16, you know, I'd I'd put up walls to protect myself from the pain of the teacher, and I'd shut everybody out. And at 16, I thought to myself, I thought, I thought, why am I so unhappy in life? And I realized I held on to this massive grudge against the teacher. And I decided to let it go and forgive her. And then my mom had said to me, you know, Haley, you've been through so much trauma and whatnot. I mean, we could try to sue her. And this is what I said to my mom. I said, no. I said, I want to end the cycle of hate, but I want to make sure that this doesn't happen to anybody else. So at this point, I aligned myself with the Tourette Association of America. And the Tourette Association of America, um, aligning myself and being trained as a youth ambassador, was what has helped me to become the person I am today. It gave me the confidence I have. It taught me um, public speaking skills. And it really educated me on what Tourette's was, as well as connecting me with other people um they sent me to Washington DC and they helped to give me the tools to um get not necessarily pass the IDEA act because it was passed but to get changes made to it to include invisible disabilities and so i just wanted to clarify that for anybody who thinks i like passed it i i passed new um new legislation in it that's amazing um, thank you and you were 16
1: and, right I was sixteen, yeah i was
2: a, i well i still am a little a little little pistol i'm a, <laughs> i am when i when I want something, I go after it, and if I'm told I can't do something i i do it <laughs> <laughs> i want it For all the point. more <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> exactly, oh my gosh, that's amazing, so then when you got out of that school, did you then continue school somewhere else
2: well yeah i had I had been out of the the junior high school for, um, for two years by the time when I was, or three years by the time I was 16. So I was now a junior in high school. Okay. And I went to a great high school, um, and it was a small Catholic high school, and um, they were great with accommodations. They followed the IEP. They were very supportive of me going to Washington, D.C., and they were especially supportive in senior year. A year after I got back from Washington, D.C., my father died. And so they were really helpful with helping me cope through the process. I mean, I lost my best friend and my world
1: right. instantly fell apart. I'm so sorry. Um,
2: at, at this point, thank you. I could drown in my sorrows or I could rise above everything else. And I could choose to see the good. I could choose to live my life Um
1: and that's what I chose to do. That's amazing. So, Haley, you're not really actively acting anymore, are you? You've decided to follow another path. I have, yes. Tell us what that is.
2: Um, well, I, after um, my dad passed, I did a year. I had a full ride to university and left and then pursued acting and was very successful. But... Uh, Shortly before my 21st birthday, I was hit by a crazed driver. And I was T-boned at 65 miles per hour on the driver's side. I shouldn't be alive. It's a miracle that I am. It is a miracle. And um, with this being said, uh, I couldn't physically act anymore. Um, I couldn't stand on set for 16-hour days and whatnot. So I started nannying, which... um, I love I love nannying I love working with children I almost became a preschool teacher actually and that's actually that's something I haven't told anybody so oh thank you um, (laughs) yeah and um, then I kind of found my way into PR and marketing and I worked an internship and then um, was the face of a organic cosmetic brand and you know they then I got me transferred to New York and worked. There for a while and at this point I had still been giving anti-bullying speeches that also educated on Tourette's syndrome. And so I'd still been very um, adamant about that on education and awareness. And this is how I've gotten my numbers over the years, is just flying across the country. Whenever there's a school in need, I'll go. And I don't get paid for all of these speeches. I will go where I need it. But the biggest thing that I am doing right now is I'm working with a few organizations. So I'm still working with the Tourette Association of America and just went to their national conference and we lobbied again to get more CDC funding. Um, But I'm also working with an amazing organization called the Jonathan Foundation. And the Jonathan Foundation um, helps sponsor lower income families with assessments of children with disabilities, for children with disabilities. And a child with disabilities cannot get help, cannot get an IEP, can get nothing without an assessment. And assessments can cost between hundreds and thousands of dollars. We also pro bono advocate through COPA, um, Council of Parent, Attorneys, and Advocates. And I'm actually going through the intensive program, and I graduate May 24th. Um, and then I'll have to do a six month internship and then I can go into an IEP meeting and fight for these kids. That's
1: excellent. Wow. That's incredible. Your mother must be so proud. And I know your father must be as well. I'm sure he's watching over you and helping you with this.
2: Yeah, my mom, um, I am the person I am today, probably mostly because my mom, she pushed me and instead of over coddling me and you know uh you know classifying me as someone with a bunch of disabilities she treated me like a normal child and she fought for me to live a normal life there were times when the behavioral aspect of Tourette syndrome was so bad that i mean she shouldn't have put up with it and she did and it's because of that and her forcing me to you know be and do everything like a normal child even though I wasn't the typical child, Um, I'm very grateful for her and her support.
1: That's amazing. And that's my next question. Tell us, tell parents, tell women or fathers, mothers, whoever's listening, tell us what to do if your child has Tourette's. Tell us the best possible thing that you can do to help your child. That's a, that's a great
2: question, and that's actually a question I haven't been asked before. So I'm really glad you asked that question, um, because it needs to be told. The first thing is that Tourette's is not easily diagnosable. in the aspects that you have to have one and one motor pick that we for at least a year.
1: that's the category.
2: Um, and sometimes you can have multiple tick disorder
1: Wait, we're we're losing you. We're time. losing you a little bit. Oh. I'm closer to can the you, Can yeah. you hear me? Yes.
2: Okay. Um, Tourette syndrome is not always easily diagnosable. Well, part of the problem is that doctors are not fully aware of the symptoms or fully educated. My own pediatrician um, did not know what Tourette syndrome was. And so after Washington, D.C., I actually presented at the pediatrician's office. Um, the biggest thing is to watch for the signs if if you think you might see a child with Tourettes and whatnot um, is it's not just the ADHD of standing still, but any kind of twitching or any movement that looks really uncontrollable, any kind of repetitive shouting out. Okay.
1: Um,
2: that that those can be signs of Tourette syndrome. and the best thing you can do is you can ask your pediatrician, but you can also. Go to the Tourette Association of America website, and this is going to be your best one of your best resources. And it's www. I think it's T A A. org. And um, at this point, they have a section where it says newly diagnosed, and you can get pretty much uh, just about any resource. But if you have a child with Tourette at home, and you just want better coping things, I can tell you a few things. Number one, there's something called rages. And not every child with Tourette's has them, but a good amount do. And what this is, is when a child with Tourette's holds in their tics all day long, it's going to explode at home. A lot of times this also includes anger. And it is this rampant rage, like a massive temper tantrum. But instead of a four-year-old, it could be like an eight-year-old or a 14-year-old or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, the best thing that you can do is you can have a safe word with your kid with Tourette. So if they're feeling like they're getting anxiety or whatnot, they can give you the safe word before, you know, these behavioral outbursts start. Um, the second thing you can do is every single person who is a compassionate person wants to say, I understand. And I hate to break it to you and be honest, but you don't understand. Right. And so I understand can actually be a massive trigger word because you're not holding in ticks all day. You're not dealing with OCD and also dealing with kids ostracizing you because of something you can't control and people not believing you. And so the best thing that you can say is I may not understand exactly what you're going through, but I accept you and I love you for who you are and the last thing you can say is it's okay to tick. Tick all you want because as soon as somebody says that, the ticks seem to lessen a bit. And it's because the stress of holding them in. Um, I think that, you know, making teachers aware is also a great thing for parents to be able to do is before the school year, you know, some parents are not aware of the benefits of an IEP. Get your kid an assessment. That will change their life and and really give them a better shot at success. I I wasn't given everything in my IEP until high school, but my high school, it has a lot to do with the person I am today. It was a college preparatory school and I graduated with a good GPA and I didn't have a ton of accommodations, but it was their understanding and acceptance of what I was going through that really helped.
1: That's amazing. And you said don't... Mothers and fathers or or caregivers shouldn't coddle them, correct? They should try to let them live as normal a life as possible? Yes. um, I can distinctly remember
2: my mom coming home and telling my dad a story that happened, that it just happened in the grocery market. And in the grocery market, I was about eight years old. There is no cure for Tourette's syndrome, so it, it goes between mixing different medications like anxiety, obsessive, Bipolar disorder, bipolar—like it's a mixture—or there's behavioral therapy. I was in the grocery store, and I think I had like shouted out, and I'd shouted out, and then suddenly people were looking at me. So I kept shouting out, and a woman came up to my mother, and I was—I was maybe maybe ten or eleven years old—and she goes, "Control your daughter! I can't believe you let her have this." Horrible behavior in the grocery What a horrible parent you are. Oh, boy. And and at this point also, Tourette's wasn't as widely known as it is now, like 15 years ago. It really wasn't. Like It was very kind of hush-hush and whatnot. Um, and I remember my mom coming home and crying to my dad and saying, like, I don't know what to do because I have this adorable daughter, and she's doing these things, and people who don't know us Think she's making it up, or I'm a bad parent, right? And and the best thing, I mean, I mean, that in itself made me sad because I felt so bad, and I couldn't do anything. And I remember going to my room and hiding my tears, and being so upset, and asking like God, why? did you give me trips?
1: You're cutting this out a day, little Haley.
2: Oh, I I remember as a kid asking, you know, why me? Why do I have stress? Well. To this day, I can answer that. The answer is because I'm a voice for the voiceless. I'm here to educate and advocate for not just kids with Tourette's or people with Tourette's, but people with all disabilities, because everybody deserves not only acceptance, but a shot at success and happiness. That that's, that's, just something that everybody
1: deserves. You're so amazing. I'm so honored that you you chose to be on our show and to put this story out there because I know you said there's a few things that you've said that you haven't put out into the public and I think that you are such a wonderful voice and such a wonderful spirit to bring this out for people to understand. Because like I told you, when we spoke, my son went to school with a a boy that had Tourette's and nobody understood it. We just knew that was what he did. And it was so interesting to find all of this out and so empowering. I think parents, it's amazing that parents would want to listen to you and, and try to understand what they can do to help their child, because you're putting a voice to a to a, a disease that no one knows anything about or, and, and doesn't, it's not visible. It's invisible completely. So thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, you know, for bringing
2: me on In in life, we don't always choose
1: our paths.
2: We don't always choose things that we're given most days. I would, I would say, I'm so glad I have Tourette's because it makes me such a compassionate person. But, In times like in January, when I was bedridden and stopped breathing, I would say, I just wish I didn't have it. Right. But one of the things that I think people don't realize also is the daily discrimination that adults with Tourette's go through. And um, if I have the time to share a short story, I'd love to tell you guys. Okay. I'd love to tell you guys about something that happened in November. And... I'm the firm, a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. The car accident happened because it, my path was supposed to change. I am born to help others and, and be a voice, and I use the skills I had from acting to be able to do that. Um, but in November, I experienced discrimination, and I'm very lucky in the aspect. My ticks come and they go. Mostly, I have category two and three ticks, not category one ticks. And my Category 2 and 3 ticks, which if anybody has forgotten, it means they're triggered by thoughts or whatnot. Or sometimes they just come when they're stressed, but they're easily, or not easily, but they're more manageable. It was the day before Thanksgiving and two days before we were moving. And because ticks are caused by stress, um, I went to Whole Foods. And uh, I'm I'm a vegetarian, so I don't eat meat. And so I kind of had to get my own certain things for, um, for Thanksgiving that everybody else didn't have. And the amount of willpower it took, because if I'm in public, I do my dang best to hold it all in. Right. And I think it's just a coping mechanism and just like a fight or flight mode is I know what it's like when people judge you and I do my best. Well, I held those in for about 30 to 35 minutes. And here's the thing, when someone with Tourette syndrome holds in a tick, it's like an urge to sneeze. No matter what, you're going to let them out, and they're going to be 10 times worse when they actually come out. So by the time I had paid for my groceries at Whole Foods and was walking out the door, I, I was holding in my tick so hard that my eyes were blinking rapidly. And so it went from holding in a, a verbal vocal tick to having a motor tick come and take over and then so I was looking at the ground so I wouldn't look at anybody and then I'd said she on the railroad well apparently just as I had said it and I was looking at the ground and walking out the door I bumped into um, an older Muslim lady and her grown son and as I was walking out the door I didn't think of anything because I just kind of brushed her arm on accident I wasn't looking where I was going her son chased me out of both Foods. And he said, how dare you push my mother and how dare you look her in the eyes and call her a chimp? You're a racist. I'm so- and I, in my life, I, I'm, i you know, middle class, Caucasian. Never in my life have I been called a racist. And in my friend group of circle, I mean, I have African-American, Filipino, Asian, right. Latina. I mean, I, I have colors of the rainbow. Like, I have no issues with, with race and whatnot. I look at people for who they are as a person and their hearts and their intentions. Um, when I responded to this, uh, the son, I looked up and, of course, I'm blinking and whatnot. I, I probably looked like a crazed woman. But I said, I'm so sorry I bumped into your mother but I stood up for myself and I said, I did not look her in the eyes and that's why I bumped into her. And I said, I have Tourette syndrome, a disability that causes me to make movements and sounds I can't control. And I'm really sorry, but me saying chimpanzee is a tick and I can't help it. And it wasn't directed in any way towards your mother. And his response is something that made me cry, but also made me think. And he said, I don't care what disability you have. Because if you have a disability or a disease that causes you to be rude and racist to people, don't leave your house.
1: That's ridiculous. Um,
2: Now, at this point, I was in shock. I went to my car, and I'm not going to lie when I say I was in the Whole Foods parking lot and I cried. And I think it was just like, it, it wasn't so much what was said to me, of the label that I was given because of my Tourette's, right, is is the fact that anybody could think that I was a racist because I mean, as someone who is literally over the top nice, um, like I had a friend who just had surgery and I took care of them for an entire week, like drove them to every doctor wow. appointment and everything. Like I, I'm, I'm like the epitome of supportive and and accepting and non-judgmental, but I the first thing I thought was I have so much compassion for these people who have bullied me and discriminated against me. And in that being that they are probably discriminated against every single day for their religion or beliefs. And if they are so on edge that they are lashing out at me, And I feel sorry because I'm not often discriminated against in this way. And this was probably one of the first ways as an adult, besides like a work experience or whatnot, you know, that I've really been absolutely
1: discriminated and and whatnot. I'm so sorry that happened, Um, but it showed you something. Wow. It's amazing how you always twist it around to learn from it. It's amazing.
2: Thank you. Um, I practice something called the power of positivity. So I've obviously had a lot of trauma in my life between Tourette's syndrome, being bullied, the car accident, um, and, you know, just everything in between having to leave acting, my dad dying, but I choose to see the good and I choose to to take everything or anything from a situation and learn from it and grow from it. So it could be the most horrible situation ever, but if I can take something from it, it makes it just a little bit better. And this power of positivity thinking is is the only thing that has me surviving today because most people wouldn't be as upbeat and positive and optimistic as I am and it's strictly because of the way that I
1: think right well it's brother seth and i totally applaud you we adore you and we think your story is extremely powerful and again we're super honored that you did it and that you spoke about this on our show um where can people find you if they want to look something up or if they want to contact you with a question of
2: course um well i'm on instagram and i use it as a platform to empower and spread positivity so i have you know, little girls messaging me every week. And my Instagram handle is at It's Haley Grip, I-T-S-H-A-Y-L-E-Y-G-R-I-P-P. My current website is HaleyGrip.com, but my new website will be launching May 1st.
1: Okay. And that
2: website is going to be the same handle as my Instagram, www.It'sHaleyGrip.com. Dot com and any questions or anything you have um, they're more than welcome to email you and forward them to me or um, you know I, I have I have an email on my instagram um, or whatnot but I'm just happy to if anybody has a child with threats and they need someone who's had success in their life or needs to uplift them um i'm your girl I'm, I'm here to help anybody in
1: need you're the best haley you you are the best i adore you you are oh. one tough mother and i can't thank you again and we're going to stay in touch let's let's next time you're in the city let's do something come on over come back east coast girl let's do something
2: i was just I know. I was literally just there a week and a half ago.
1: Oh, I oh, that stinks. Well, have a wonderful day. Thank you again. We're sorry we were late with our little um, issue, but you you were wonderful. Thank you so very much.
2: And thank you so much for having me and letting me share my story on your platform.
1: I'm I'm truly grateful. Thank All you. All right, honey. Have a great, great day. You too. We'll talk Hi. soon.
0: The One Tough Mother Podcast:
1: Real Talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. And we're back, and we got Tough Brother Seth with headaches and headlines. Hit it, boy! Whoa! I know. I, I that's my Whoa. new one. I like that.
0: Do you like the hit it, boy? You're such a farm lady. I know. I can't. Oh, get the hey, boy! Yeah, get the hey, boy! <laughs> <laughs> I like talking to your sons like that. Nice. <laughs> a salmonella recall for 200 million eggs. 200 million, dude. I'm going to throw up right now. 200 million. I'm going to throw up. Don't. Why'd you eat eggs today? I, I live on eggs. Me too. More than 200 million eggs have been recalled after a salmonella outbreak at a farm in North Carolina, reports the New York Times. The Food and Drug Administration said eggs have from an affected farm went to nine states Colorado, Florida, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Virginia, and West Virginia. 22 recently reported cases of salmonella infection are likely connected to the eggs per the Times. That is very, very scary.
1: I'm a big egg person myself, and let me tell you, I was so grossed out, I buy like, now I'm going to buy like a name brand egg. Don't you have
0: chickens in your backyard?
1: No, that's really funny, Seth. No. You know what? My (laughs) daughter's going to get chickens, but no, I don't have them. (laughs) But
0: yeah, eggs are. Ew. That is um, scary. I, I wonder if uh, does this farm in uh, North Carolina have? Is it is it are they organic eggs or pasture raised eggs or are they just all like the the cheap yucky eggs?
1: Oh, I don't know. But let me tell you something. What do you do with two hundred million bad eggs? Uh,
0: you throw in the oh garbage.
1: boy. That is so, that's just gross in itself. Well,
0: When Cousin Sal strikes, it's no good. (laughs) No. Salmonella. No, no, no,
1: no. no, no, no. Salmonella is not good.
0: He's from Jersey City. (laughs) Exactly. I've had him. I've I've met with him before. It's it's a tough one. Not a good guy, my cousin Sal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Let's go on from the
0: Uh, eggs. I guess I would say be careful. Yeah. When you buy your eggs and...
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's a but we you know, there must be more on it than this. Maybe look um, it up online, but be careful.
0: All right. Okay, I'm gonna buy you a chicken. <laughs> okay. Top shopping website, uh, Amazon? No, not not Amazon. Not? What? That's what I said. Not. What? Okay. If you think Amazon is a supreme online apparel retailer, you may want to think again. The company didn't make a similar web's list of top ten apparel apparel shopping websites reports Retail Dive. Analyzing digital brands' performances on desktop and mobile, the firm found that Macy's... Really?
1: That's what I said.
0: Macy's earned the top spot, Retail Dive said. After Macy's, the most visited sites last quarter were jcpenny.com, nordstrom.com, nike.com, gap.com, zulily.com, zappos.com, forever21.com, footlocker.com, what? victoriassecret.com. That one makes sense to me. Best, um... Best Buy topped the electronics ratings with 111.6 million monthly visits. Amazon managed to secure the number one ranking in general merchandise. Oh, so they're still number one. Yeah, they're number one. Oh, stop it. Yeah. They're, they're... This is a trick. This is a, this is like trick question. This was tricky, right? Right? Uh, right? Right? I, I wouldn't. I didn't think Macy's was like you know killing it like that.
1: No, me either.
0: I know people. Dude, I really
1: thought Macy's was going to shut down or something soon. Every time I look at the the web, somebody's right. shutting down. I feel
0: like websites are. Like, Who goes to websites anymore except for yours? Yeah, they go to mine. That's it. Okay. Let's move on, shall we? Shall we? A new kind of cancer treatment is about to change how we treat the disease. That's promising. New cancer treatments that harness the body's immune system are ready to go mainstream. In data presented Monday at the American Association of Cancer Research's annual meeting, cancer drug makers found that immunotherapy in combination with other drugs did a better job of treating lung cancer than chemotherapy alone.
1: Wow, that's awesome. It doesn't
0: surprise me either. No, me neither. Chemotherapy is like poison, isn't it? it?
1: You're killing good and bad.
0: Right. Okay. A combination of chemotherapy and Keytruda, Merck's immunotherapy drug, cut the risk of death in people with lung cancer by half, according to the data. That's impressive. That's great. The results could make immunotherapy part of the standard treatment, massively affecting hundreds of thousands of people with lung cancer. Thank God. That's great. Now people can start smoking again. Oh,
1: actually, to be honest with you, did you ever smoke?
0: Um. No, I never really like. I've smoked cigarettes, but I never was a smoker. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah, yeah. You like a, you like drink. I had a cigarette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I might have had like forty cigarettes my whole life.
1: Oh, all right. Yeah. No, back in the day, I did. I smoked. Ew. Yeah, I know, and you know what? I say it now, and it's gross, and it's like, ew, gosh, But now it's like with this,
0: you could get back into it again.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna buy a pack right after (laughs) we're done recording. (laughs) No, you're
0: not. Stop. Totally getting into this. Um, no, but that's that's amazing. You know. Technology's gonna make us live to a thousand, and then there's gonna be just fighting over food and everything. Cause, Space, right? He's
1: fighting it over over everything, right? So it's you gross. can't really,
0: we can't really live that long. No, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be good. No. Yeah. And plus,
1: like, everybody re- really ugly and wrinkly. Maybe not. Why well, you think they'll keep you young too? Have you
0: seen plastic surgery? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah.
1: Well, everybody'll look like a, a droid or whatever they look uh,
0: like. Okay, let's move on. Boston Marathon champion Des Linden is the first American woman to win uh, the event since 1985.
1: And it was so cold and so oh, bad, the it's weather. That's probably why.
0: She probably had an advantage, right? Why? Think, because uh, I would think mostly, Uh, uh what was that, maybe African runners, really? I have to look. But I would think, like, Kenya. I remember and a lot of people from Kenya have won in the past. I would think that a weather might have affected them. They're not used to training in that kind of weather. Or maybe they came over and they knew. I don't know
1: yeah well I'm just I was really proud I don't take of away
0: from her I don't I was take really away from her. that
1: she did it and and when I watched it I mean I just I thought to myself I didn't watch the whole Boston Marathon I just watched towards the end but yeah it was amazing that she did it and uh thank god and and congratulations to her wow it was no, crazy I
0: think she picked the right shoe
1: yeah, 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 that's what she was saying. She was giving some tips, and one of them was the shoe. Let me tell you something, dude. It would be a bike. Somebody would be picking me up, <laughs> pedaling me, and um, then dropping Karen, me that's off. That's not really how the marathon works, <laughs> Well, that's Karen. how it would work if I was doing it. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. I, yeah, okay, let's go on with that one. Wait a minute. You know, actually, we, I wanted to just bring this one thing up. She said, remember that when it's getting tough, to be resilient. Like, okay, it's getting tough. Well you know all about that. You're one yeah, tough mother. Yeah, I'm one tough mother, so maybe she should be on the show. But I mean, you're resilient. She said, remember you're resilient. When it's really tough, I'm like, Oh man, I have gotta get through this. I gotta get it done. But she she's again, she was incredible. A lot of these
0: things that you know, a lot of things that she talks about are, are life lessons too, right? Like stay present in the moment. Right. Don't overdo it. Right. Eat right, eat healthy foods.
1: Right. Right. You know? So it's like so she's dedicated to it. These big are one dedicated too. A Big runners. one, too, that
0: people don't do. Get lots of sleep. It's when your body recovers. It's when right. your muscles grow when you're sleeping. Right, you know? right,
1: right, right. And I'm the worst for that.
0: You are the worst Well,
1: congratulations, Des. We were Des, right? It was Des. Lyndon, we're, we're proud of you. We're happy you won. And you got emails. Is mail in?
0: Is mail in? Okay. Mails in. All right. Here we go. Dear one tough mother, do you think wearing cheater reading glasses can ruin your vision? I swear since I've been wearing them, my vision is getting worse. Do you think that is possible? Signed, a thousand-year-old person.
1: Yes, I do. I yeah, think it's very but possible. That's true.
0: Maybe they use them too much or, you know. I think it's possible because
1: your muscles are – your eyes have muscles, right, around them. So Mine are what huge. happens yeah. is it, it – you're huge.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Shut up. My eye muscles are gigantic. <laughs> they're huge. I work them out all the time.
1: <laughs> but, um, yeah, because when I wear readers, like when I was wearing reader glasses – I would become dependent on them. So yes, I do. I do think that happens. You're, I think the muscle weakens because it's got the help of the glasses. Well,
0: what are we gonna do? I mean, she, she, I should t- she should probably go see a professional. She's yeah, having problems. well, maybe you
1: get surgery. God I th- forbid
0: she might have like some issues, like glaucoma or something else. Yeah. I hope not, but maybe there's something else going on.
1: Actually, that's very true. You're, you're uh, gonna, yeah. Do you have? Um, did you ever consider having surgery?
0: I'm not really a candidate from what from what they tell me. Um, no. No, because uh, I have a stigmatism. My eyes are shaped differently. And oh it, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. My my son had a really bad stigmatism, and they did it, really? and he's amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Did you check it like once? In the last you know, couple once I, years? I get my
0: next check, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah doing? Uh, no, I just look awesome in glasses. So. <laughs> Shut All right. Up. Um, next email. Deal with tough mother. My five-year-old son hates school, and we have no idea why. Cause it's school. Just <laughs> uh. Damn it! It's
1: school. No.
0: He never was a fan from the start, but now he admittedly hates it. We asked him repeatedly if something has happened in school. We've had two parent-teacher conferences and even a parent-teacher school counselor and principal conference, and nothing has changed. His teacher reports and still does that while he's in class, he's pleasant, respectful, and social with other children, so we don't get it. The school counselors monitored him in a classroom on occasion and reports that some be the same behaviors as the teacher reports, so we don't believe it is a teacher issue. There are no signs that he's being bullied by their children or that he's an outcast, so we don't know why he reacts the way he does at home before going each morning. Every morning is the same horrible scene. He has a total meltdown, cries, says he's sick, and he refuses to eat his breakfast or get dressed. It is so bad, I'm late to get into work every day so I can drive him to school. Getting him to the bus was a nightmare, and I just can't go through it anymore. We were talking to our pediatrician about finding a therapist because it has gotten so bad. Have you ever experienced this with your children?
1: No, actually. They just hated school because they didn't want to go to school. They wanted to stay home and play. But here's what I think. And just listening to you read this, and I've just spoke to somebody about this recently about their kid. He has anxiety. He has anxiety right, disorder. Some kinda,
0: yeah, that makes sense.
1: Right? Because he only does it before I mean, we're not doctors, but it's, school. Right.
0: Oh, no, we're fine. not medical in and any And then way. once he's there, he's fine. Right. Maybe the stress of going to school and the getting ready and Right. Th- th- maybe he's not a morning person.
1: Right. Maybe no, if you I'm, I'm
0: only kidding but no it's it's serious that's that's good it's a good one.
1: Because maybe if you've investigated everything, you've spoken to the teacher, you've talked to the principal, you've watched him, you've monitored, you've I'd, be pr-
0: I'd be pretty relieved to know that he's actually enjoying school and pleasant and all that. It's great to hear that back that feedback. Right. But it's, um also, you have to ask yourselves: Is there something in the house going on? Right. are, you, are you, Your parents, as you as parents, right. getting along? Does he have siblings? Is it, or you know, you have to you have to look inward too. Look at what's going on in the house. I agree. Yeah, I th- agree. Maybe he feels like uh, something. Maybe he senses something's not right in the house. He doesn't want to leave. Right. So uh, there's a lot of different things at work. But I think what you said is a good possibility of that.
1: I just feel like just listening to the sick part and then he's, you know, she couldn't get him on the bus. I think maybe something might have happened in his in his previous years going to school or or previous months. And that gave him anxiety. And now he's just got anxiety about it. So check it out. I mean, definitely take him to the doc. Definitely take him to a therapist. And it might just be anxiety. And there's billions of great books and and dvds and stuff kids with anxiety can read and and listen to so definitely check into it i think
0: it's great that uh yeah i think it's great that he's actually able to function at school and seems like he's enjoying it while he's there so that's that's a that's a positive yeah
1: he's not at school like acting out and you're getting the the old phone calls i used to get uh you need to come to the school
0: (laughs) my mom got those calls too
1: yeah i always love those our
0: last email of the day Dear One Tough Mother, my good friend Sean is involved with a local charity group and is constantly pressuring me to get involved. The group meets twice a month at the church to organize food, blanket supplies, and coach drives, to which I willingly contribute without any intention or interest in getting involved with the group. Oh, sorry. Are you too busy? I'm sorry. That's not right. Let me look fun to read the rest of it before I judge. Okay. Sean is very involved, sits on the board, and is constantly recruiting member, for members. She is retired and finds her position very fulfilling and enjoys the company of other women. I am very happy that she feels useful and enjoys her time there, but it's not for me. I'm not particularly fond of a few of the other women during the few meetings I've attended. To get Sean on my back, um, she went to the meetings to get Sean on her back. Those women were holding a gossip group. I uh. swear the, those ladies even picked apart the members that didn't attend that night. I've told Sean this and I have no interest in getting involved, but Sean just keeps pushing. She won't take. She just won't take no for an answer. I've told her point blank that I do not want to be involved but this year she is president in net, and then her nagging has gotten very annoying. How can I get through to Sean that I have no interest? You know my answer.
1: No. You know my <laughs> I'm answer. Not going. No,
0: you know when it get, you get desperate, you know what I always say. What's that? Punch her in the face. I knew
1: it was going to be <laughs> punch her in the throat or punch her in the face. One of the two. No, no punch.
0: No, but you just have to be very clear, Sean. You're my friend. I love you. Do not ask me to be in this group again. I don't want to do it. I never want to do it. Just like that
1: do it just like that I and she'll so. get it i think she'll get yeah. it yeah you're because driving me crazy right you know actually there was somebody that stalked me for like months actually more than months maybe years and they were like oh come on you gotta join you gotta join Friday, i was just like no because i realized i was a jerk i was making like oh i can't tonight i gotta go wash my hair uh, it's your oh fault. i gotta change you my core strings you know no it's like
0: guys like ask girls out all the time because they never like give them a solid no yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you want, if you want to say no, you have to say no.
1: No. And, and you yeah. don't have to have an excuse. If you don't want to do it, just say no.
0: So you're saying there's a chance.
1: Right. No. No. Right. No is it. So I agree hundred percent. No, what about no, those no.
0: Gossipy ladies at the church. What are they doing? <laughs> that is social, not very Jesus like.
1: Yeah, it's social hour there. It's social hour oh, at the church. Oh, I hate but that. yeah, I hate to, don't do that to people. If you're in a group, and you want your friend to be in a group and they have already... Just you, be happy
0: that they contribute. Yes. They, they bring stuff. Yes.
1: Yeah. Don't stalk people down and try to change them to your way of thinking. Just let them go. Or
0: just make them feel guilty until they give you money.
1: You hear me? Whoever kept coming after me for that, <laughs> just let people go, damn it.
0: Let my
1: people go. <laughs> exactly. But okay, well, again, we want to thank Haley Grip. She was an amazing guest and her story is very powerful and we will soon be having our next show. And what is that? Seth signaling me something. Oh, you on. forgot something. Oh, I did forget something. Mm-hmm. Good one, Seth. Yeah. Wow. Good catch on that one. You bet. I was so involved in you screaming at people. No! I do not want to be on. Oh my gosh, you must be a real you're a real pleasure of a friend. I'm sure. Oh please,
0: I'm just like everyone else. I'll be like, oh, you know, I can't.
1: Oh, you do. You make up excuses.
0: I'm sure I've been in that position before. Because you want to help your friend, you want to do it, but eventually you get to the point where, dude, not going to happen.
1: Right, 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 right. (laughs) Hold on. Okay.
0: (laughs) You're a jerk. I'm a jerk.
1: (laughs) Oh, hold on okay so today's mother says is anything can happen if you let it guess who said that come on anything can happen if you Uh, let it was it um come on
0: mr rogers mary poppins i was close have
1: a great day everybody and we'll see you next week